In today's Locked On Canadians, we talk about the Laval Rockets' second-to-last game of the season, and we talk about the Montreal Canadiens' last game of the season. Uh, and it is our mailback question. Lots of interesting questions. Who's going to be here next year? What's Ryan Paling's role next year? Is Jonathan Durang going to be part of the team? And we're, we've got kind of some thoughts on if Carey Price is okay or not. And that's all coming up in today's Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 605 of Locked On Canadians. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts five days a week. For those of you watching on YouTube, there's a huge mess behind me. I am currently under construction, uh, just like Montreal, um, and it will look way better on our next episode on Monday. My name is Laura Saab, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matwell of Habs Eyes on the Prize, who captured a fantastic, phenomenal, wonderful, mind-blowing uh, game-tying goal from the Laval Rocket in their second-to-last game tonight. Scott? It was uh, it, it was a night. Uh, last The previous night, <laughs> Always the Rocket... Always a good sign. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know how to describe it other than the AHL North is desperately trying to kill me the last month of the season here and that every single game has been stressful in some way, shape, or form. Even the ones the Rocket aren't playing in they lost 5-4 to the Toronto Marlies on Wednesday night in an overtime loss and it sucked and because they it was back and forth back and forth not a pretty game by any means and then tonight's game was as I will describe it as best I can hella stupid because the Rocket played well gave up the first goal then scored two and then gave it back and then took the lead and then gave it back and then gave up the lead and then scored an all world elite potential goal of the year candidate. And then won it in overtime in their final home regular season game here. And it still really doesn't clinch anything. (laughs) So it helps nudge them closer to the third spot there. They will likely play Syracuse in the first round. Uh, but Belleville is still lingering there right now, and it's just it, it was it was a good it was a good way to send the fans out on a win. And you if you haven't seen Brandon Jignac's goal from tonight, I highly recommend you go check it out. It's on my Twitter feed right now. It absolutely went nuts because if I could describe it as best I can, he drives into three players. He has the stick poked or the puck poked off his stick into the air. He cuts around a defender and then wildly swings with one hand, hits the puck and nails it into the upper 90 far side on the goal to tie the game with seven and a half minutes left. It's one of the most insane things I've ever seen that I had to rewind it several times to make sure I saw it properly. Just absolutely bananas pants stuff here. And I guess the most important part is in, after having their offense struggle last week, the Rocket this week have had their offense come back to life a little bit, and they're doing it without Jesse Alonen, who is out with a non-COVID illness. And they've kind of been shuffling the lineup in and out there to find guys who fit what they're looking for. And tonight they finally got a W to go with that. 
Caden Primo played well. Four goals against or not, Caden Primo was phenomenal, which I think is really good news for Habs fans everywhere. Raphael Harvey-Pinard continues to be Raphael Harvey-Pinard. There's one game left, and it's against Syracuse this weekend, and then they are on to wherever they're at in the playoffs. And so that that's still going to be <laughs> come down to the last game of the season. I don't know if that sounds familiar. We're used to that with you know with 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 the Habs most of the time. But speaking of the Habs, they also have their last home game of the season. It is against the Florida Panthers, and Carey Price practiced by himself on the day that we're recording this, which is Thursday. And the Canadians did say they would have an update on the whole situation on Friday. But if he has practiced. I don't necessarily see any cause to worry, really. They might maybe play him as the backup. I I would imagine he'd want to start, but depending on how his uh, conversation or his consultation, sorry, his consultation with the surgeon in New York uh, went, you know, uh, maybe we were a little bit premature uh, calling his, uh, he's he's hanging up the skates and and all of the mess that was going on on Wednesday. Are you accusing Habs fans of potentially overreacting to something? That doesn't sound like any of us at all. Please do not listen to anything that I said in the last two shows. I am not a part of that. How dare you? But... (laughs) We've never done that in this market. We have never overreacted to anything, particularly not goaltending or carry price. No, no, never. Not not in our life. Uh, if we just look at the 1990, just no, we're not going to do that right now. It is a home game, correct? It is a home game. Oh, he's starting. I I don't care if it's they're playing Florida's AHL team. Carey Price is going to start that game because you know he wants one win this season. They're locked into last place, so who the hell cares if they win at this point? This should be, by all accounts, probably their best effort because there's no pressure. Win or lose, you're drafting last anyways, and it's Carey Price. So, like... You gotta win one for him. You gotta win one for Carey Price. Like, if you don't, you know... (laughs) I I don't know how else to describe it. Is It's just wet fart noise if you don't win one game for Carey Price at the end of the season here. There's literally no pressure on you. Win or lose, you're still last. It's it's a no-lose situation. It's Yeah, it's literally a win-win situation at the bottom of the standings. And um, I, I believe Florida played in Ottawa tonight and arrested a whole bunch of people like Claude Giroux. Um, I want to say, like, basically all of their good players. Bobrovsky was rested, I think. Uh, so there's no reason to believe that Florida's not going to be resting players in the last game of the season as well to avoid injuries, to keep them uh, fresh for the playoffs. So I don't expect you know, the Canadians to be in too, too tough. They're really like, it's not that the game is completely meaningless to anybody. It's just that it is it for intents and purposes for the standings, for the playoffs, all of that. There are no implications to this game, so they might as well go all out. I do believe the Canadians will come in and, and they'll try to put together a really good effort because it is the final fan appreciation night as well. The fans have stuck with the Canadians through really, really dismal seasons. So I think, you know, they, they'll want to give them a good show. Um, and if you are going to the Bell Center, have fun. I'm super jealous. I will be on Game Over with Andrew Berkshire um, after the game, immediately after the game. That'll be live, so check that out. In the meantime, we are going to move on to our Friday mailback questions because you sent us so many. We'll start with our first email question. 
as soon as we as on the other side of this break. But first, we want to tell you about Built Bar. Summer is coming and it is time for you to get outside. You know you want to be out hiking. You want to be out running. You want to be out kayaking. You want to be out doing all kinds of fun activities, just like we'll be doing. And if you need energy, you're going to want to take your Built Bars with you because Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They're all delicious. They're all made with real chocolate. Um, they are low in sugar and high in protein. We love Built Bars and they're coming up with granola bars and all kinds of stuff. They've got 18 delicious flavors in the regular rotation, but they always come up with fun, interesting flavors. And this summer, they're going to go all out just like they always do. And you're going to want to check out Built Bars. So go to Built.com and enter LOCKED15 for 15% off your order on Built Bars. That's Built.com and the promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Try them. You will love them. Trust us. All right. So let's start with our email question, Scott, for the mailbag. All right. Uh, this comes from uh, Don McNabb, who I believe this is the first time he's ever sent us a question. So Hello, and thank you. Good morning, Laura and Scott. A continued thank you for delivering regular updates and insights into our favorite hockey organization with such passion and honesty. Firstly, I was sad to hear the passing of Guy Lafleur yesterday. I had a chance to meet and spend some time with him a few years ago, and he was truly the class act I had imagined. We do always love to hear that, and we'd love to hear stories about anyone meeting, you know, older players, newer players, anything like that. And then secondly, I'd love your thoughts on whether you feel the St. Louis approach has worn off and reality has taken over. Also, am I wrong in feeling that we have a ton of potential scoring at the CHL level and when could that show up in the NHL? Long email, sorry, absolutely not for one thing. Uh, love the show. Go Habs, Don. Sorry, I was on mute as I always am. Um, so <laughs> Don, Don had actually emailed before, but we didn't use it as a mailback question. That's why the first time you're seeing it is because he suggested a topic. So uh, we talked about, you know, which episode we did that topic in so he could go back and listen. So this is the second time. But it's the first actual mailback question. Um, I don't, you know, here's the thing with the St. Louis effect is that it did give them a bump, but a lot of times new coaches will give a team a bump. But at the same time, the problem is that the Canadians didn't gain any more talent. He just brought more out of the people that were there. And so eventually they were running into better and better teams. And there was a little bit of luck involved as well. You know, when, when Cole Caulfield is not shooting at the same rate um, that he was prior to that, obviously there were a lot fewer goals in the rotation. Uh, the goalies, you know, the goalies had lots of injuries. They were inconsistent, all of that. So there's a lot of factors, but I don't think the San Louis effect has worn off because I just think you have to point to Jeff Petrie um, and, 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 and just take a look at, you know, the way he's performed or Nick Suzuki and Caulfield, even though they weren't getting in uh, pucks in the net. If you're looking at the underlying numbers of those later games during that nine game losing streak, there were some games where they played really, really well. They got goal lead um, or, you know, their goaltending wasn't good enough. So even though they played well, the other team scored more goals. I mean, like they scored four goals against Washington and still lost the game. Right. So there's a lot of uh, at, at, at play. So I didn't really think that the San Luis effect wore off as much as uh, the law of averages caught up with them. They did what's called regressing to the mean. Uh, and I do think that, you know, with his own coaching staff and with new people with fresh personnel in the front office, I think that Martin St. Louis, assuming he stays, which in 32 thoughts he was talking about, you know, he, he's, he's going to want to stay. And if the Canadians want to keep him, I think that the Martin St. Louis effect is, 
just going to get better. The team as a whole is just going to play higher grade hockey. Even if they don't inject talent, they're just going to play better hockey on a baseline level, is my opinion. Yeah, and I look at it this way, is that they they traded a bunch of players away. Like, they lost Arturi Luck, and then they lost Ben Sherratt, they lost Brett Kulak. They took chunks out of this lineup, and guess what? You lose games when you trade good players away. With all due respect to the guys who've been here, and we've seen strong second halves from Jeff Petrie and Mike Hoffman, Suzuki, and Caulfield, etc., but they're not a team made to win games right now. And I don't think it's his effect wearing off more. He's trying to do the best with what he's got available. And some nights that's not a lot, to be quite honest. Like this game against Florida, you might watch William Laguson play like 19 minutes and none of them will be memorable. But it's I, I, I'm not going to judge it based on the second half of the season where he was basically like, hey, you're going to come in try and write the ship a little bit. And then we're going to trade people that you were using a lot. Okay, cool. Bye. And that was, that was it. So, uh, and to touch on the CHL part, uh, Matt Drake has been beating this drum for a while. Joshua was 115 points this season. Riley kidney broke the hundred point plateau. Uh, in the CHL, those are the big two Caden Gooley, Arbor Jack, guy, Jan Meshack. Um, not, Heavy point getters by any means. Uh, Meshack was over a point a game. Jack I and Gooley had good seasons for their relative skill level. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what's next because I'm with Matt that I think Wash should get a look to start next season, at least nine games. But you don't put up 115 points on accident. And it's a very weird situation that he's not old enough to go to the, the AHL. But if he doesn't make the NHL, his only choice is to go back to the queue where it might be he doesn't have much left to prove at that point. It's the Mitch Marner situation, basically. Yeah, and that's something that we're going to have to keep an eye on because I can remember uh, a few other players that that happened to. And uh, the Canadians didn't do all that great of a job with those guys. So here's hoping that they handle it better this time around because I'm very excited about this kid. Do you want me to dive into our uh, regular, uh, the questions our we Twitter got on Twitter? questions. Yes, Twitter. Wow. <laughs> Twitter it's <questions>. late. <laughs> it's late. I've been watching the NFL draft. My brain is completely shot at this point. So I'm just going to dump <laughs> right into it. Do the Canadians have the right veteran to pair with Romanov or do they need to acquire one? I don't know if they need a veteran to play with Romanov, but they need somebody who is a little bit more his speed. He's an extremely dynamic and physical guy. Um, so if you're just a shutdown defensive defenseman that can't keep up with him, I don't think the defensive defenseman part is the problem. I think it's the keeping up with him that is the problem. And so um, you need really somebody who doesn't have the same strengths as he does, but will be able to sort of have chemistry with him on the generating the breakout uh, type plays. Uh, I, I love Alexander Romanov and how how much he hits and how fast he is and, and how exciting he is. He's just really fun to watch. Uh, but you really need to pair somebody uh, different with him. And I I, I don't love that pairing. Um, I think that, you know, uh, David Savard is best used in other ways. I, I look at it this way is that they need someone to give him a little bit of confidence. It's like that pairing just, it doesn't work. And we've said it and we've said it. I get that there's not many other options, but... It, it just doesn't work. And I don't know if it's, hey, do you go Romanov Edmondson and just trust the kid with more minutes? 
Do you go Romanov Harris? Like do something that's different. It, it, I don't know what it is. Just, you would think that, you know, stable defensive guy, you know, or guy who's going to sit back and guy who likes to carry the puck would work, but it just, the synergy isn't there. So, uh, Time for one more question. Time for one more question, yes. All right, from Jeff the Red. If you couldn't choose Gallagher or Suzuki, who's your choice to be the next captain of the Montreal Canadiens? So I can't choose either. I'm not choosing between them. I can't choose either. Correct. Oh, Joel Edmondson, for sure, for sure. That that was that's basically my guess too. Is that if it's not going to be Nick Suzuki, Joel Edmondson will be captain of the Montreal Canadiens and. Uh, I do think Suzuki is by all intents and purposes. And we will touch on the whole Shea Weber thing uh, after the season is over because we both think it's very stupid. And I want to give it time to settle before I say a lot of mean things. But my thought is Nick Suzuki will be the next captain of the Montreal Canadiens. Brendan Gallagher will wear an A. Joel Edmondson will wear an A. And then maybe Anderson or whichever one of the other veterans is back will rotate on one. But that is my thought for next season. Yeah, I think it's all based on what people say, you know, like what his teammates say, what his coach says about Joel Edmondson, what former teammates say, uh, former members of the media as well in in his old market. So he's a very much loved guy. So it's really up to the Canadians to kind of figure out which one of them will work. But I do think that if it's not Nick Suzuki, it'll be Joel Edmondson and Brendan Gallagher's probably he's going to be wearing an A. In the meantime, we've got a whole bunch more questions that are coming up and that's coming up in just one moment. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, NHL playoffs, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so Scott, this episode is flying by. I don't know if it's just because it's late or I'm tired, um, but we've got a few more mailback questions left from our much beloved listeners, and let's get into them. Uh, also from Jeff the Red, Suzuki has progressed in each of his three seasons, reaching 60 points this year. What's a reasonable expectation for next season? I think between 75 and 80. That That's kind of where I'm at, is I think a 15-point increase of his first half of the season isn't just crap because his coach is an idiot. Uh, <laughs> especially if the power play can even function remotely well, I think Nick Suzuki could hit 80 points uh, if... if Everything goes to plan. Cole Caulfield's not going to shoot 30%, but if they have a functioning power play and can play at least competitive hockey, I don't see how Nick Suzuki can't crest that plateau right now. And I'm going to say between 27 and 30 goals. 30 goals That's a lot. Nick Suzuki would be Listen, fun. he's got 20 goals already. He got 20 goals, right? And 21, assuming, yeah. 21. Assuming he... Uh, assuming he plays all of, of next season, like he did this season, knock on wood, touch wood, everything like rabbit foot, everything. Um, he, he will, he will score. I want to say, I'm going to say he's going to score 27 or more goals. I I think that's a fair bet too. It's like you said, he had 21 in this very bad season where no one scored goals for a while. Sky's the limit for Nick Suzuki. I'm not saying he's going to be Connor McDavid, 122 points, anything like that, but Damn if this kid's not going to be a consistent 70-point center right now. So 
Uh, this one comes from Cameron. Does Jonathan Drouin have a place on this team next season? If so, where? Okay, so I'm going to say this. It's very dependent on what they do with Christian Dvorak, I think. Um, and if they keep Josh Anderson. I think they would like to keep Josh Anderson. I think we would like it if they keep Josh Anderson. Um, and if, you know, because here's the thing with Christian Dvorak is that he was brought in to be a second line center. That's what he was brought in to do. He was brought in to replace Philippe Dano and he was brought in to be two-way. Now, he's not as good at two-way play as Philippe Dano, but he's a decent second-line center, right? So assuming he doesn't spend the season injured, he's going to be the second-line center. He's going to be taking some difficult minutes from Nick Suzuki, which will also enable him to score the aforesaid 27 goals, uh, plus whatever, 80 points. <laughs> but at the same time, if he's going to be taking defensive minutes, He's kind of wasted on Jonathan Drouin. So they really have a huge decision to make here because Jonathan Drouin is a playmaker that can create plays for people who can finish, right? That's why the, that line, for whatever reason, didn't seem like it should make sense because they all have different strengths. They got together and they created some chemistry. So if they keep those two guys, I think that it's kind of worth it to, to bring him in for secondary production. But then you're kind of relying on Nick Suzuki again to take tough minutes to take a lot of defensive minutes. So I don't think that there's not a place for Jonathan Duran on this team, but I think mentally it might be better for him to go somewhere else because people are really awful to him. All you have to do is click on one tweet from the Montreal Canadiens or a Facebook announcement that he's injured, that he's out of the lineup, that he's back in the lineup, that he like that he walked away one day uh you know he took a walk he did something for charity and it's filled with vitriol it like it blows my mind when i click on that i'm like do these people realize that they're saying these things in a public forum anyway all this to say is that i wish jonathan drewan the best whether it's in montreal or elsewhere um and i think that if it's elsewhere i really 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 hopes that he makes those people eat crow I, I mean, I would like to, I want to see it work out. I just don't know if it's going to, and with the team needing to kind of get its cap in order, they might look at this and go, it might just be best if we give you a fresh start somewhere. Simple as that. And it might not be a, you know, a skill thing or a this or that. It's a, we just don't know what to do with you right now kind of thing. And we're looking to, for a fresh slate here. And it's simple as that. So I mean, I hope he succeeds. I do. I don't like watching people fail. He's not, he's not a bad person. He wa I think if he had worked out in Montreal the way that we had hoped, we wouldn't have to worry about every time that he's injured that people celebrated or anything like that. It's a very weird thing. So uh, our next question from Randy Hansen, what is Ryan Paling's future uh, look like to you after his first long run in the NHL? And my answer to this is he's a bottom six forward. I, yeah. it's what he was drafted as. That's what he is. I think, I think he is a bottom six forward. I think he's a good bottom six forward. I think he's, he's, he's a decent quality bottom six forward. Uh, he's kind of inconsistent sometimes, but at the same time, he's the kind of guy that the Canadians can afford to part with. I don't think that they will because they've got him now. Um, you know, it doesn't make sense to trade him unless somebody really wants him. Uh, but he's not going to be the kind of guy that they keep around if there's somebody else that they want to move up into that roster spot, I think. All right. This question's a little bit longer. So uh, Randy wants to know, who will be the player that will not receive a qualifying offer that will surprise us out of the following? Louis Belpedio, Josh Brooke, Kale Clegg, Samuel Montembeau, Michael Pozzetta, Rem Pitlick, Caden Primo, 
Alexander Romanov, Nate Schnarr, Corey Schooneman, and Joel Teasdale. And my first thought on that is I would not be shocked if any of the first three are not extended qualifying offers. I was going to say Kale Clegg is not surprising at all. No, I think he's going to go. And Josh Brooke gets hit or miss. He came back. He's been playing well for the Lions in the ECHL, but he hasn't quite hit it. And I also don't think they're going to qualify Montembeau just because they don't really have space for him right now unless they're going to try and fit him into the AHL next year. I don't see a reason for it. I think they'll bring back Pizzetta. They would be dumb to not bring back Rem Pitlick. Obviously, Primo Romanov are talented prospects. They like Corey Schooneman a lot, so I guarantee you he'll get a new deal. Schnarr and Teasdale are up in the air because uh, Schnarr came over in the Andrew Hammond deal, and he hasn't had the biggest uh, window for uh, analyzing his play. I wouldn't mind him back. I think he'd be a nice piece for the Rockets. Same with Joel Teasdale. But if they're trying to cut down contracts or anything, those are the kind of things that you replace with undrafted free agents and overagers out of the CHL. And you see what you can hit on in that. Um, I think the bigger thing is you're going to see, I think there's an unexpected name coming off the main roster this year. That's not, you know, a Petrie or an Armia. And I, I can't quite put my finger on who it is, but I know it's going to be one of those things that's going to come out of left field. Honestly, better not be Anderson. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Edmondson. If it is, they better. No, Anderson, haul... Anderson, Anderson. Oh. It might be Anderson. <laughs> I mean, it might. Who knows? Um, How long do you think I'll cry? <laughs> well, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to find a new thirst hour then. So I'm gonna have to rev up uh, OBS for that. All right. <laughs> it is two nemesis questions now. When people say beavers are nature's engineers, do you think they mean like a structural engineer or like a train conductor? structural engineer for sure because you know what they do right like they literally build dams and those dams are built to withstand like water currents so i i i can't help but feel like he expects us to both pick structural engineer and that there's some kind of dumb will related explanation for why it's a train conductor but like i i it's a structural they build dams but they also force the direction, the flow of water, and water conducts electricity. And so, I don't know. I I hate you, Will. Because the answer <laughs> is structural engineer. Now you're going to make me overthink a stupid question about beavers. Christ's sake, it's almost mid. It is midnight. I hate you. How dare you do this to me in particular? And his last question, what fruit do you think you could throw the furthest distance while maintaining some degree of accuracy? A banana. Like throw it like a knife. <laughs> okay. My my <laughs> thought is an apple because an orange can be a little bit too light and it's more subject to winds and everything. I think I could throw an apple the furthest distance while maintaining some degree of accuracy. Grapes are too light. Pears are odd shaped. Is avocado a fruit? Yeah. Maybe an avocado, but I'm going to stick with apple for right now. I think I, like I could throw I could throw an apple or potentially a tomato uh, the furthest distance while maintaining some degree of accuracy. What distance that is, I do not know, but I think that's that's what I would go with. 
All right. I think that's it for the mailbag questions this week, right? Yes, that is everything in the mailbag. Thank you so much, everybody, for your questions. As always, if you would like to send us questions, you can send them to us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can also leave them in the YouTube comments as long as you're nice to us. If you are a jerk, we will erase your comment and block you from our feed. Uh, Same thing on Twitter. You can tweet them at LO underscore Canadians. If you're a jerk, we will delete your comment and block you from our feed. (laughs) Basically, that's that's the theme. Uh, But you can find us on Twitter at uh, LO underscore Canadians, obviously. You'll find Scott at Scott Matlow. You'll find me at the active stick if i missed your question let me know and we will uh revisit it next week thank you so much for listening we're going to start our off-season coverage next week make sure you're tuned into that but before you do that check out locked on nhl where they cover all the stories that are going on all over the national hockey league in bite-sized pieces thank you so much for listening we'll talk to you on monday